The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host, and I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, we get to talk about productivity um, and story. Um, so, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about story, and often we swim in the shallow end a little bit, right? Like sometimes as a, and I don't mean, uh, I mean just culturally and we're around the world, we're, we're talking about storytelling. We spend a lot of time there and and uh, we, we talk about, you know, how to tell stories to get people to do stuff. But what people are often wondering and where we, where we, where the fun is, I think, is the deeper dive into organizations and start thinking about, okay, well, how else can we use story and how else can we um, improve the return of investment of story in organizations? And it's so much deeper than just trying to engage. Engagement is really key and absolutely important, um, but there are also ways that we can use story in organizations to actually improve our organizations overall. So we're going to talk a bit about that today. I'm very happy because um, we have a, a wonderful guest who's Anjali Sharma from Singapore. So we'll be talking to her in a few minutes. And she's um, from the business uh, business called Narrative and t- does lots of organizational development work and work with leaders. So we'll be talking to Anjali in just a minute. Um but I wanted to mark this show and um, say that we've been doing the show for a year. It's now a year since we started Story Powered. So it's kind of exciting. I'd only realized it today uh, that we started last January. So I just wanted to have a moment of reflection and say thank you for listening and thinking about over the last year, the number of different ways that we have explored story and talked about story and thought about story. It's just amazing. We've had, you know, a year's worth of shows, weekly shows, and we are not done yet. There's still much to talk about with story. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening. And thank you to all my guests who've appeared and come and had great fun story conversations with me. I've learned so, so much. And and I, I'm sure the audience and the listeners have too. So much to still talk about. Um, so again, you know, doing this show, it enabled me to kind of look at my own work and what, what my kind of, um, passion 
was in life. And it really is about creating communications and connections and conversations around story and enabling organizations to be healthier and um, creating places where people actually want to work and where they, they feel like they're achieving something, whether it's a business, nonprofit, or they're a solopreneur. Um, you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to wake up in the morning and feel good about what you do. And I think story contributes to that. So, um, so yeah, just wanted to say thank you. And, um, you know, still got a number of shows coming up. Just to let you know, in the next few months, um, we've got some interesting changes coming. We're going to have some guest hosts. So I am going to um, not be here for a few shows, but I have some amazing guest hosts who will be taking the chair and um, expanding our network and expanding our voices around story. Um, so look forward to telling you more about that, but, um, it's going to be exciting. We got some really great people in story who, who, um, are going to be, uh, yeah, in the hot seat. So that's, that's going to be good. So I also wanted to let you know about the story powered Institute. So obviously this radio show led me to creating the story powered Institute. Cause I was like, I want to talk story all the time. Um, so just to let you know that it's my, well, my, our online story community, and it's full of great story resources and lots of great conversations and learning about story. It's changing this month. So kind of shifting, I got some great feedback from some of the community who've really helped me shape it even further and hone it. So it's going to be changing a little bit. And I just want to let you know that um, I have an offer on right now that you can come and check it out. It's uh, $5 for the first 30 days and then $10 a month afterwards. Or if you're not even sure about that, and you just want to be my friend, we can do that too. So you can become a story friend. So um, either way, check it out at storypowered.institute. Love to have you in the community. Um, like I say, lots of changes coming in the next couple of weeks, making it easier to navigate and lots more stuff coming your way. So join us. Have fun talking story. Anyway, so let's get on with the show and let's talk productivity. So Anjali Sharma is the Managing Director of Narrative. The business of stories. I love that. So good. It's a management consulting firm that helps businesses solve their communication challenges with stories and narrative techniques. Anjali has worked in corporate leadership roles for 15 years in Singapore, Australia, and India. This background constantly informs her business storytelling consulting workshops and presentations so that they are not just theoretical but based on extensive experience, knowledge, and understanding of the issues facing companies and the issues facing employees in delivering the best for their company. Anjali's real passion lies in diagnosing the exact communication challenges of an organization and tailoring solutions for it. She's had the privilege to live her passion with brands such as GE, SAP, Microsoft, Patronus, Cisco, Shell, and TEDx Singapore. Anjali, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you, Leanne. Glad to be here. So good to have you. So good to have you. And you're, call, you're, you're coming from Singapore. Isn't this amazing? I'm in Toronto. You're in Singapore, and we're having a great story chat. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, we're all connected nowadays. Chats can be from anywhere, everywhere. That's right. Small world, small world. It's so good. So tell us about you. What's your story, and why do you love story so much? Um, all right. So, you know, it's generally a question that 
people answer and they go all over the place because there's so much knowledge about the question, there's so much passion about the question. Um, but I have today really thought about it because I wanted to make, make sure that the listeners um, and yourself uh, really find it like purposeful and meaningful and understand and find some resonance with my answer really to be very honest. Um, but before I tell you a little bit about myself, I want to thank all the listeners um, because I read the brief that you had sent me and, and the purpose behind the show, which said that, you know, we want to leave the listeners inspired and energized, but at the very least, be curious about storytelling. So I'm aiming for the least today, which is I hope I leave everybody who's listening to me this morning a little bit curious about storytelling. Um, so answering your question, Leanne, um, I think... Um, most most of our careers are actually shaped by, you know, the different kind of experiences we've had. And my career is really no different. Um, I started my career back in India when I was 19 and a half, working in a five-star hotel as a waitress. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, the key change, the key highlight um, of my career is actually um, not that long ago, which is really the one that, that in that moment where I sort of decided that this is this is what I wanted to do. Um, it was a few years ago. I was actually um, really, really interested in working in an organization which is set up here in Singapore. This is after I had moved from Australia to Singapore. And um, I would term that organization as the Apple brand of our, of our industry, and the industry that I worked in at that time was brand experience. Essentially what that means is that, you know, you take these fabulous brands like, um, you know, HP, Nokia, Siemens, Apple, and all these brands, and then you create experiences for their consumers, um, you know, through them, through campaigns and all that sort of stuff. So there was this one particular organization which had just sort of set up their um, you know, their, their shop here in Singapore and they've come out of U.S. and it was what the brand that everybody wanted to work for. So I'm exactly like everybody else. I wanted to work for this brand as well. So I applied for a role over there in the first goal. I didn't get the job and they wrote back to me. They're not looking for anybody with my kind of skill set. Um, two months later, I got a call and said, would you not come for an interview? And I went and gave the interview and after the interview, you know, they said, okay, you've got to come and actually tell us the kind of experiences you could create and we'll give you a project and a task as a part of the interview process. And I said, good enough, no problem. And uh, pretty much on the same evening after I got that email in the morning, I, I got another email which said that, you know, we're going to cut the chase and we offer you a job. Here it is for you. And I thought, wow, you know, this is my dream job and I'm really excited. So I joined the organization and um, one month into the organization, for the first time in my 15 years of corporate career in three different countries, something is not working. Um, and I thought, gosh, you know, I'm not as happy as I used to be in my previous organizations. And it's something that is not working. So the best thing I've known to solve these kind of problems is to actually go and have a conversation with your immediate report and just go and actually speak to the person you report to and, and sort it all out. So I took my then boss into the room and I sat down there with him and I asked him a question which I had been taught and groomed into uh, asking your bosses as to where do you see my career in the next five years? Because the only way I knew to work well in an organization was to you do your hard work, you do your smart work, you do the right things and you know you have a boss who's sitting over there to champion your career for you. So that, that was the only method I knew. So I just went up and I asked him and we're sitting in this boardroom and 
quiet and total silence and I'm freaking out inside and I'm quite nervous about the whole situation to be very honest. But I dared to ask him and then there was this awkward silence for a few seconds and after that um, my boss then gave me an answer which I must say is a very honest answer and the answer that actually I, I, I'm so thankful he gave me on that particular day. The answer was, um, I don't know where my career is going so what can I tell you where your career is going? So... Mm-hmm. I sort of, you know, fell off my chair at that time, all marks for honesty, but there was something that I wasn't quite comfortable with that answer. So I came back home that day, and usually in Singapore, the way we commute is we take, we take this MRT, which are fabulous. So I sat in that train just kind of thinking about the whole answer. And what kept coming back to my mind over and over again is, is a quote by Dr. Brene Brown, which is, uh, you know, really can a response make something better? What makes something better is a connection because, you know, exactly opposite to this, a few years ago, uh, before this incident, another boss of mine had actually said to me, if your aim is to be a GM at a certain time in your career, then my, my ambition is to get you there. Now, both of them were honest in their approach, and that is the best thing, but the way it was delivered uh, was something that really I found total contrast. I stuck with the previous brand uh, where the boss gave me an answer to, you know, to take you where you want to be for nine years. Um, And in this role, I'd only been for a month. And the very second month, I thought, you know what, I've got to do something different. Uh, This is not working for me. Um, And I sort of thought that the best way, you know, when you work and you really love your job, you really sit down and stop and think, what is it that you really love? What is it that you really enjoy doing? Uh, Because you're loving what you're doing, so there is no... There is no need to sit and reflect upon. And I, at this stage, needed to reflect upon that what is it that I really, really wanted to do. And straight away, my answer was that you need to, what you will do is what you're good at. And I didn't know what I was good at because I enjoyed everything I did. So I spoke to some of my really good clients and I said, if I gave you an option to tell me one thing that you really enjoy about working with me, what would that be? And I it was surprising for me that from most of my clients, the answer was, oh, you tell a great story. Now, in a brand experience world, when you stand up and tell a client what exactly the experience is going to be, that experience hasn't happened. So when you're telling your client what that experience is going to be, you're pretty much telling them a story about, here's your customer, you know, Jonathan Long, who walks into this particular space, uh, which is laid out with this wonderful car show, and he walks in and he feels the product. So you're actually narrating to them what the experience is going to be, and it has to be evocative, and there has to be, you know, lots of uh, emphasis on the linguistic skills and and the way you actually, you know, trigger the emotions and all that sort of stuff. So the answer just kept coming that, oh, you tell a great story. And I actually didn't know that there was a profession called storytelling at that particular time. So I thought, you know what, there is something called Google. I'll just put storytelling into Google, and I'll see what comes out. So I kept researching, and there was just a lot of stuff out there. And, of course, you know, the most credible places where you kind of, you know, stop. And I stopped at Steve Denning's uh, book, which was uh, The Leader's Guide to Storytelling. And everything that I read in that book pretty much told me, what exactly is it about these great leaders? And I kept thinking, my God, if in that that particular day, that leader had used some of the secret language of leadership, which is all story-based, I probably would have still been with that organization. Um, that book 
And that moment of sitting in that room and not knowing where your career is going, perhaps were the two things which actually really catalyzed my interest in, in the field that I, I am in now. And then, of course, I'm, you know, I started uh, my, my very first interaction with storytelling was really after I became a partner with Anecdote and, and you know, became partner for Storytelling for Leaders program. So I really wanted to understand leadership. And I think that program really gave me a very good understanding of what a good leadership is because I've just had a recent loss of faith in leadership. Um, and from there on, you know, I really started looking at a lot of different different things, like, you know, how does the stories work in, in sales environment? How do stories work in communities? How do stories work in, in actually moving people to like a brand? How do stories work in actually finding out, you know, insights? How do stories work out in all these different things? And, and one day I just sat and I thought, my God, this ocean of stories is so deep and there are so many pearls inside that even if I spent a lifetime just trying to dig it, it would probably not be enough. And how exciting is that? Because you discover every single day. Um, and I That's thoroughly wonderful. enjoy the work that I nice. do now, Leanne. So my work is... Uh, I guess, you know, I get very, very bored by doing structured sort of programs where I just go in there and deliver a standard format program. So even if I have a standard program, I'd love to talk and listen and discover and make it extremely relevant for the people uh, who are in the room. So to be very honest with you, before I go into a discovery meeting, before I go into run a training workshop or before I start a consulting project, I actually don't know very much. I go in and discover and then decide... Why and what is it that we need to achieve? Hence my bio about my passion lies in diagnosing what exactly is the communication challenge here. Quite often, oh, I love that. Yeah, thank you, Angela. That's really that's a really great introduction to what you do. I love how you put the ocean of stories. That's so lovely. It is so deep. It is so deep. Now, listen, I could listen to you for ages because I just think you, what a great story. So thank you for that. Um, we're now uh, we're going to take a little break though. So we're going to just take a, a wee break and then we're going to come back and, and talk some more um, and, and start sure. talking about productivity. Because I think that um, what you've just been talking about in terms of diagnosing and then going in and, and working with um, what's happening is exactly the thing around. Um, it's exactly the uh, issue around productivity. So we're going to be back in just a minute and we're going to be talking productivity with Anjali Sharma. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Are you looking to get noticed in today's business world? Listen for Chat with Chickles, what they couldn't teach you in business school. This is the show that will help you survive and thrive in business today. It's what you can do differently that will help you stand apart from everybody else in the field. 
Lisa Chickles and her guests can show you just how to gain that unique edge. Chat with Chickles can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. So, we are talking productivity today with Anjali Sharma of Narrative in Singapore. Before the break, we had a, I heard Anjali's story about how she got into story. And I really loved listening to it because it shows the experience and the journey that a lot of employees have in organizations. Um, you know, there's often we find that we love the stuff that we do and we're very productive about it. And then we sometimes hit a place and either it's a new manager or we've changed jobs and we kind of go, hmm, not sure. And, you know, I loved that um, Anjali talked about, you know, Anjali, when you talked about your uh, meeting with your your manager, your leader, and I do that too, I'm pretty upfront and kind of like, hey, what's going on? How can we, how can we work together in the future? But I loved the anecdote about your boss saying, well, I don't know where I'm going, so I don't know how I'm going to know where you're going. Because it just shows. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine you would have fallen, almost fallen off your chair. It's kind of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm feeling very confident now. <laughs> this is good. Um, yeah, that's but exactly it, right. right? <laughs> it, and it, it just shows the, um, the challenge in organizations. Because honestly, you could have stayed there for the next 10 years and gotten more and more depressed um, and, and not enjoying it. So, um, so I think that's a really good um, little story to kind of lead us into productivity, which is, you know, when we talk about story, as I said, at the top of the show, we, we often talk about the nice storytelling piece and about, and again, from a leadership perspective, it is important to tell stories, but it is a two way process. It is a bigger, deeper process than just sharing a story and, and expecting people to do stuff as you walk away. So can you tell us in terms of, you know, why you, th- what, what does storytelling do to increase productivity? Do you think? So, you know, I think if we need to look at storytelling, we need to first look at what is storytelling. And I actually, to be honest, I don't really think it's storytelling. It's the story story in itself, because stories, yes. have, stories have a lot of different elements. You know, you, you listen to stories, you, you act, you know, you, you do stories, and you tell stories. The story in itself has a lot of different elements, and, and I think it is, a, it is a form of communication. It is a way people communicate. And 
no communication within an organization happens with no desired outcome in mind, right? So when we are actually telling about our strategy, we want people to understand it and then be a part of applying it. When we go and create these great branding, um, you know, advertisement, we want people to be brand loyal. When we go into stories about our products, we want people to, uh, you know, buy our products and services. So there's always a very clear purpose behind why the story is being used. And that, to me, is a key difference between organizational storytelling and storytelling done for entertainment. So entertainment storytelling does not need to have purpose behind it, right? It's fun. The purpose is fun. But the organizational storytelling is very purpose-driven. And it's got a very specific purpose. You know, I read this beautiful uh, way of explaining it in in one of Steve's book, which said that, you know, people say, I want to change the world. And he says, well, that's good, but which part of the world do you want to change? So before even we start working on stories, we need to understand, yes, we want to change this, but what exactly do we want to change? And that's how specific the world of stories gets. So it's a form of communication. Now, what I find within organizations, all the challenges that are there for communications are, are, you know, these are the following challenges. We love in an organization with the start of every year or quarter, start new projects, new, we point new people, we get new funding for, for different initiatives we want to lead. But what we actually fail to look at is that do these things already exist within our organization? A classic way to explain this particular issue would be, um, you know, it was a few weeks ago I was actually attending a talk and one of the chief storytellers of a very well-renowned technology uh, organization got up and said that, you know, at one stage we were looking at enhancing one of our products and we needed a certain technology to enhance that product. And we said, surely in this world somebody has this technology so that we don't have to reinvent it again. And this, the whole team started to research it. And then one of the team members came running into the boardroom and said, I found it. And he printed the paper out and they all started reading it with a lot of excitement and when they got to the end of that particular paper in which the information was, they realized it was their own organization in a different part of the world who had actually written that paper on that technology. (laughs) But it existed in their own world and they did not know about it. So I think one of the key issues within organization is to start building, creating, but not build on what already exists. And that is a challenge of lack of knowledge sharing and getting, yes. you know, getting infected or falling sick with knowledge holding. So people just hold. They just hold. They don't share. And because of that, we keep redoing, reinventing stuff, and that is a highly unproductive way. It, it, it eats your time. It eats your energy. It eats your resources. So knowledge sharing so is that's a great a good one, way yeah. to be able to increase productivity. Absolutely. Thank you. That's such a good one. Because and, you know, just to say, I've seen it myself in terms of, um, you know, we focus communications often on um, external. How do we talk to people? And internally, our communications are so often a sharing of information. Right. Not knowledge, (laughs) not knowledge. We, We focus on what do you need to know? The meeting is at this is happening these are our results for this year, but it's not actually sharing what's been learned and what, what, and again, not like you say, that's a really, that was a great example of the technology company. It's not just within our, our one department. It might be within our industry or in, in, in the whole company across, um, you know, globally, like we have some big companies for all over the world and, 
my goodness, there must be a lot of wastage with when when the uh, knowledge that each company in each area isn't sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And there are some couple of very fabulous examples if we, you know, kind of took the time out and really looked into researching these. I would, you know, if anybody was interested in actually really learning how best to share knowledge in the form of stories and, and why we need to share knowledge in form of stories is because, you know, as in it says, cognitive learning just doesn't cut it at all times, you know. So you need to put it in a story format. I mean, NASA has this amazing magazine called Ask Magazine, and the purpose of the magazine is to knowledge share. And in that, they actually feature how many of their employees have benefited from it, so much so that the real of recent examples that I read was how one of the NASA employees actually, after reading a story of how someone managed the review process, saved half a million dollars because knowledge was shared. She read wow. it, she called the person who'd managed to come up with a fabulous way of conducting a review, and then she applied the same learning onto it and saved half a million dollars. So I think that is productivity in action. Um, Yes. Knowledge sharing through stories is vital, fundamental, but it does not require huge investments. It does not require new appointment. It does not require new kickoffs. Just look back in your backyard, and I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff that exists, and you just need to start sharing it. Yeah, that's that's right. And you know, and and in a way, um, now in order to do that. Um, you know, one of the things, and, and um, I talk about this a lot, is about having some kind of story system going on. Because, again, if you're collecting them along the way, then it's not so hard to go back and find them. So if you're, your people are equipped in knowing how to tell stories and you have a way of um, telling stories and cataloging them or harvesting them or collecting them or documenting them, there, that is such rich, rich pickings for um, not only for, like you said, in terms of, you know, trying to improve processes, but also for innovation, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the, one of the most fabulous examples I read actually is is in the fire brigade community. So. Anybody who works in the fire brigade community starts their shift by this thing called roll call. Essentially, what is a roll call? You get to your shift, you stand there for 30 minutes, you share the information that is actually being passed on from generations to generations because if the job is to deal with with fire, right? How much more risky can it get? So there's so much, so much that is learned through that process and doesn't get shared. So they have this really simple process, and I often work with organizations here and say, copy that to begin with. Get together in the morning and share the learnings that are happening. Now, the key to this particular getting together and doing this roll call type of thing is, do I know how to effectively tell a story in two minutes, like you have just mentioned? How do I tell? And if I don't, then I need to teach my team to do that because there is a very simple way to do it. Two, how am I going to capture the best stories that we're learning from and be able to share it with the wider community? You know, we've got together here, a few of us are here together and we're sharing this stuff, but we've got a wider community where this needs to go. So there is an answer to that particular challenge. There is a very methodical, structured, efficient way to be able to capture these wonderful stories which people can learn from and apply. So if there is a wonderful thing that is happening here in Singapore, why not our office in Los Angeles benefit from that and, and, and use it? Um, so, you know, if, if, if you actually got people together in story circles and started doing this kind of thing, I think that would be a great start. 
I think so too. And then the other, the other part of that that I was just thinking about when you gave that example and a great um, example it was of the fire fire brigade, is that the other part of it is is again when we're transferring information, and with like you know in terms of productivity, I have to say I'm I'm really guilty of it. So if I'm in meetings and um, people are telling me stuff and it's all information, I honestly often leave the meeting and I'm just like. Mm, I think I might remember one or two things because it's too much. It's, it comes in and it just goes back out or, or maybe I'm bored listening or, or maybe it's not resonating with me because I think, oh, well, they're not talking about me and then it's all of a sudden they are. So I'm just thinking about even in the transfer of, of um, you know, what you're trying to impart is that if we focus on knowledge and utilize, because information, sure, but there's lots of ways we can transfer information. And, you know, a lot of people really prefer it in writing rather than verbally. Um, whereas a story, just I'm thinking in productivity terms, much more likely, much more likely to remember a story and for to have it actually come back up in the moment that you need it. So, for example, in that fire brigade example, if you're transferring some knowledge about something, you know, a particular thing that you discovered in the morning of, you know, and then you transfer that, then somebody, when they're in that similar situation, is more likely to call that up and utilize it. Yeah. So I, I love that. I, I love that agree. idea. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the other differences in this sharing of information, Leanne, is that, you know, I mean, we love all things digital now, and, and you know, if it wasn't for digital, we probably won't be talking this morning. I think, you know, it's just, it has, it, the technology has given us so much, but I think the Internet has given us so much, but I think the, one of the worst things is that we've got the Internet, but we don't know how to use it best. So, um, nothing, I, I, I personally am for very, a big belief that nothing in this world can actually replace the power of oral storytelling. Now, in my career once when I'd become a mom, uh, you know, I went back to work and for me it was all about being productive. If I was in the office for six hours, I needed to finish the work and I needed to get back to my daughter. Nothing else mattered. And we used to start the day with something like this roll call. And I told my then boss that, you know what, it is 30 minutes that I could actually write a beautiful proposal in. I don't want to be sitting here and listening to people. Um, and my boss actually said to me, hang on, listen to me. I, you think this 30 minutes is taking the productivity away from you? I have something completely opposite to tell you. It is actually bringing productivity because A, you're learning from what is happening within your office and the, the clients we're meeting, the conversations we're having. B, this thing is cutting out all that unnecessary chat that happens at the photocopier, in the corridor, in the pantry. How was your day yesterday? Because you've all got together, you've said your hellos, and you've got on to work. And I looked at it, and I thought, you know what? You make so much sense. This 30-minute briefing, or whatever you want to call it, at the start of the day, where we've shared the knowledge, we've said our hellos, it is massively productive. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And again, you might have told the stories of, you know, what your what your daughter did last night or whatever, because it's true. Like, so, and, 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 and I think that you bring up a really good point there. And, and that boss is uh, that's a an excellent noticing because 
the other place, and you know, again, stories using story to um, engage and inform and 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 um, enable our employees is, is really crucial. There's another side of stories in organizations where it is wasteful time, <laughs> which is you know, and and a lot of times it is, and and you know, I don't, I'm not sure the water cooler conversations are, are time wasting, but I certainly feel like. All the stories about, you know, the organization and about the leader and about our colleagues. And there's so much wastage in terms of um, the stories we create about the organization, too. So processes like getting together for the first half hour of the day and using story throughout the organization really does make great sense because it enables people to engage in what's going on. Because I've I've just seen so much lack of productivity um, come from misinformation and you know the, the stories that aren't quite true or or not that they're not yeah, true absolutely. that they're just made up they're just made up yeah and that forms you know that 30 minutes forms the culture of your division or your department too the kind of stories you tell there which are it, it forms the culture you know what what how your leader is going to tell a story in that room how your you know your your coordinator is going to tell a story. It talks a lot about the kind of culture you have, and it's an opportunity for a leader to sit there and watch and go, that's not what I like. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to change the story mm-hmm. that we are telling. So it's a great place for you to gain insights, too. You know, the simple, simple conclusion is if you could just start a 30-minute story circle at the start of the day, call it a roll call, call it whatever, but it's a great place to gather, share, collaborate, and, and, you know, take that knowledge to, to apply it. That's right. Yeah, very good. Okay, so we're at break time again. Uh, that went very fast because I'd love that. <laughs> that was a very productive segment. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back after break. We're going to talk a little bit more about the how. So we've got a really good uh, tip there from Anjali, but we, we we're going to talk a bit more about how to increase productivity with story. So um, now don't forget, you can find Anjali at www.narrative.com.sg. Highly recommend it. Great services there. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. 
You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan and co-host Gisela Gonzalez. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel, and get Amplified. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, Connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back. We're talking productivity today on Story Powered. Um, I'm having a great conversation with Anjali Sharma from uh, Singapore, Narrative, it's called. And um, Anjali's really, um, I have to tell you, like, you know, I've been talking story a lot, obviously, in terms of my radio show and also in... um, uh, in the, the Story Powered Institute, but I haven't actually dug down into productivity before. So I was really excited to do the show and I've already learned a lot. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this next part. We're going to talk a little bit about the how. So before the break, Anjali was talking about um, one of her bosses and introducing like a 30 minute roll call at the beginning of the day where you can share some stories, do some, you know, the piece around getting to know you from the day before, but also around knowledge transfer. Um, we also had a, a bigger conversation about knowledge transfer and that that is one of the biggest areas of waste in organizations, productivity wise. I mean, the number of times that people come in and start a new job and they just have to start from scratch because there's nothing left over. And again, information is one thing. Using story to transfer knowledge sticks. It makes sure that what you want to tell people sticks. So it really does does help. So let's talk a little bit more, though, Anjali, about how, how storytelling can increase product, productivity. Uh, we talked a bit about wastage in terms of, you know, stories that get made up. And, and so there's clarity uh, we talked about clarity, so people are clear about what's happening in the organization. We talked about knowledge transfer. How else do you think? Yeah, so, you know, Leanne, with, when we look at our conversations that we have with people who work in corporate organizations, one of the most commonly used lines is, oh, I'm in a meeting, I can't talk. So much so that, you know, our messaging apps like WhatsApp and all have already given a pre, pre-typed, in a meeting, can't talk. Um, so, People are in meetings forever, and I think you've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, you go into a meeting and then you're kind of sitting there, you walked out and thinking, gosh, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't really, didn't really get very much out of it. So I think this whole thing about meetings in, in, in office space is, is probably one of the biggest issues why there is lack of productivity. And it is such a big topic that there's a gentleman called David Grady who actually gave a TED on it, a seven-minute TED. I highly recommend everybody watches it. And he came up with this concept of mass acceptance syndrome. He called it, called it MAS, where you get a meeting invite and you just accept it and there is no... Uh, uh, agenda. There's no like why we, we you know what are our expected outcomes out of the meeting. So 
the meetings are a lot of waste of time. Most of the time that I have worked in my corporate life, I have spent the entire office day in a meeting and then actually just looked back and thought, gosh, can I get those six hours back somehow? So I think <laughs> the responsibility of those meetings being effective lies on an individual and the leader of the organization. So let me just quickly go to the leader of the organization. And again, you know, I'm going to talk, tell you a little bit of a story or an incident that, that has happened with me. There was this one stage we were having a meeting at about 9 o'clock in the morning and there were eight of us in a meeting room sitting down. My then boss walked into the meeting room. She looked through the glass and there were eight of us sitting down there and actually looking at what we were doing. She walked into the room, stormed into the room. She looked at all of us and she says, there is no meeting that needs eight people. Can I understand why there are eight people in this meeting and what are you trying to achieve? And as we all looked at each other, there were four of us who really didn't have a role. We were just there as a FYI. You know, that FYI could have been done some other time or at some other platform like the role call platform that we spoke about. We really didn't have a significant role. She said there is no meeting that needs eight people. There is, if you don't have a role, you're not to be here. And four of us walked out of that room because we really didn't have a role. So if you're going into a meeting, a meeting is, is, is a place where people come to achieve a certain outcome. I think you need to define your meeting one step further. Is this a discovery meeting? Is this a review meeting? Is this, what kind of a meeting is this? Because meeting in itself is a waste of time unless you actually know what exactly is required. So as an individual, you need to be bold enough to actually question why your presence is there, what kind of stories you need to share in that particular meeting to be able to add value. And when you sit inside that meeting giving abstract information like, I think we need to do this, and these are the reasons, those reasons excite the mind, but you know what? They hardly ever provide a route to the heart to want to change and do something. You're having that meeting to be able to get to a certain outcome. So two things, really, really question your presence in that meeting, in, of course, in a very professional way. Um, question why you're going to it and what value can you add. When you're in it, please don't give reasons. Share stories because that is the only way you would be able to get people to remember what you have said. We just can't forget stories. Nobody forgets stories. So that if you want people to be able to you know, remember what you've said, because at the end of the day, what matters is what you, not what you said. It's what they remember. You know, what you said is hardly of an importance. It's only because if they remember what you've said, they're able to do something with that. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Meeting. I just wanted to just say on that point because I, I I completely agree with that. And, and actually, I have this um this radical idea that, and I've been um, kind of talking about it for a long time, which is let's stop having meetings and let's just have story sharing sessions, so that um, you know it's more valuable, and that any information that needed to be provided in meetings or decisions that needed to be made, decisions could be made because I don't, I, you know, and again meeting itis right as sometimes we go to meetings just to kind of um you know maybe we don't want to do anything that day so we're just like ah, let's just sit here and wait for the day to end um which is no way to feel engaged in your work and so my thing is just you know thinking like if, if we were to share stories in terms of knowledge transfer identifying challenges identifying things that are happening like deeper understanding of what's going on the other stuff can all be dealt with through email, through, you know, one-to-one chats and through um, kind of directive instructions from leaders, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you, 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 it's totally right because majority of the time we don't even remember what we spoke. So, you know, story sharing, as we said, for knowledge, you know, you, you do story circle, you share knowledge. For, for finding out and dis- doing discovery, you actually do story sharing. And that is the best way to be able to actually really give the meeting the desired outcome. Yeah, yeah. So we've got meetings. Let's get rid of meetings. <laughs> that's our call to action sure. um, but no I'd love and you know they're probably not going to go but I love the idea of um, you know like you say in, in, and you know this is the thing it's a really p- uh, fascinating piece because a lot of people are um, you, you have the people in this you know meetings are a group of people and when you have a group of people you have personalities and so there's some people who want to be noticed more and then there are others who please don't notice me at all because I am not saying a thing. And I just feel utilizing story, which is, you know, because otherwise we're in a who shouts loudest situation often. So it's not just about, you know, the waste of kind of time and um, uh, even, um, you know, the lack of productivity in the meeting itself. Something also happens in when groups get together, which is, you know, people people feel bad after leaving them because maybe they didn't say anything because they felt uncomfortable. So then they go away and they ruminate on that and they tell somebody a story about that. And then they tell another person about that stories. I just feel like a a well-facilitated meaning that involves people enabling them to share their stories. It's more engaging for everybody at the table, not just those who are kind of comfortable. Yes. Because they're their personal experiences and nobody else can narrate them better yeah. than they themselves. Yeah. So I think, you know, it gives them great ownership on the content that they're talking about, you know. Much, and the second thing is the leader sets the culture of the company. The leader is sitting over there, right. they're going to start with the story themselves. And that just, a story gets Oh, story. yes. Story gets story. So, you know, that's it. <laughs> that's the one. Love it. Leader, start with a story and invite others to share too. Because otherwise people won't, you're absolutely right, people won't share a story. And also often they're just waiting for the leader to tell them what to do. And again, it depends on the culture. But if you yeah. want to create a culture where people are taking responsibility for themselves and their own work, um, using story, and, and this is why I think this is this productivity conversation is very important with relation to story. Because if we can increase productivity using story, well, you know, that's huge, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, if we can fix the meetings, we will be highly productive. <laughs> yes, yes. So we've got knowledge sharing. We've got um, kind of the informal storytelling, kind of getting ahead on that. Like when, when if we're using story, if the leader's using story, then people ha- are equipped with the actual stories rather than making them up. And we've got meetings, how to make meetings more are there any other ideas that you have in terms of um, increasing productivity using story in the organization? Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the one that I'll share now is perhaps my most favorite one. And the reason why it's my favorite is because it's the one where you see the corporate eyes rolling. Um, but I have a very big belief in this one. So, um, you know, arguably the most ineffective time is spent in strategic planning exercises and any other areas of corporate <laughs> activities. So that's where we do all the planning and we, you know, get all these big consulting firms involved and we come up with these amazing uh, strategic plans and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I read it in a book the other day. We've gone and, you know, we, we, 
usually the planning for these kind of things happen in a retreat between the mountains and the uh, and you know fabulous environments and then the 10 of us who are in the team come back and say here we go this is for you follow it this is our strategic yes. plan or this is our vision or this is our mission and you know what these people who are actually really the tires of the car, the nuts that are holding the tire together, not the car itself, really don't have any resonance with this all this that you've come up with. And they they don't understand it, they don't feel connected to it, they don't want to be a part of it. So all that goes right down into the brain. And this is where I think the thing that really works is future storytelling. You know, how do you actually paint a picture of what the future of this particular organization is going to be? Now, the reason why corporates roll their eyes on this is because they find this as a, it's like, you know, I'm making this stuff up because it's not true. I haven't, who can, who knows what the future is? Absolutely. My question to them is that why, why Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream is so famous still today? Because he has painted a picture of the future and if I wanted to tie this up with credible research, I will mention, you know, actually, it was in one of your writers I've read about this research from Madden Grant, where you actually, when you provide people the significance of their work, uh, the reasons and, the, and what is the significance of their work, their productivity it doubles or more than doubles. So if you can actually provide a future story of the organization and where their work is actually going and affecting the lives and, and making things better in the world, that, that is a fabulous place to be. I call it almost either a ripple effect or it's like a perfume. You know what? You go and put it at one particular spot and then it kind of spreads everywhere. Now, that is highly productive. That is very, very productive that you've used on platform to communicate the future story. And then people have actually not only gotten excited with the information, but actually felt very motivated with the stories and emotions that you've actually put in that painted picture. The key to this lies in two things. You can never do a traditional conventional storytelling when you do a future storytelling. You have to just take, you know, bits and pieces from here and there and not give too much detail because if you give too much detail, you end up telling people, I know the future, which is a lie. So say, for example, you know, if you look at uh, Martin Luther King's speech, he sort of says, you know, one particular line, I have a dream that in future my children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the contents of their character. Now, that is a line that resonates with a lot of people. If I was to take it back to the corporate world, why? Why did Steve Jobs spend uh, time and energy in coming up with that think different commercial? I mean, it's an amazing commercial that lasts only a few seconds, but really evokes you to do something different. So do not give too much detail. Collect little pieces of aspiration that resonates with everybody and do this evocative future storytelling. It is there for a reason. It is there for... It, is, it has worked in the past. There's no reason it will not work now. So Absolutely. Yes, thank you, Anjali. So we've just got a few minutes to close till we have, need to close the show, but I just wanted to jump in there because I think that you've just raised one of the, the most important points of, about productivity, and I love that um, you've put it that way and you gave those examples because, um, you know, the strategic plan is, is the future story. It's just how we tell the story. And what we're, we're, we're talking about is telling it in a way that resonates with people. And, and, you know, and, you know, let's just say it resonates with their hearts, not just with their minds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big piece. And so, and that's the thing about story is that it actually um, does engage. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Cause that's, you know, 
<laughs> I, I think that sometimes leaders, um, when we use the word storytelling, it seems, um, you know, like it's it's unproductive or, or whatever. But like you said, I mean, we're we're actually using it to lead. Like the best leaders use stories, and like you say, not with too much detail because that doesn't make sense. But also, the other part about not having too much detail is people need to imagine themselves in the story, right? Precisely. When you let them imagine themselves what the future is going to be, the likelihood of them working towards the future is very, very high because they've decided that future and we own what we create. Wonderful. Perfect. Oh, Anjali, that was such a good... I could keep talking to you forever about this. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I hope uh, we've achieved the, uh, you know, our desired outcome for our listeners. You know, I hope they're inspired, energized, and if not all of that, at least they are a little bit curious about what is the most wonderful form of communication, storytelling. Absolutely. And I hope they go and cancel meetings all over the place. So, <laughs> now, so don't forget, you can, uh, you can find out more about Anjali Sharma at narrative.com.sg. So let me tell you a little bit next week. Um, so thank you again to Anjali. That was a wonderful show. Um, next week, we'll be talking with the wonderful Karen Dietz. And we'll be talking about story renewal. So, you know, sometimes you've worked really hard to get your story, but it needs renewing. It needs tweaking. It needs a little wee facelift. And don't forget to come and hang out with me in the Story Powered Institute. Be my story friend, please. Come hang out. You can also um, try out the paid membership, but if you want to start with friendship, let's do that. So, um, like I said, we've got lots of great stuff coming up in, in, in the Institute. We've got um, Q&As and book clubs, things like that, and you can interact directly with story people. Um, so, that's at storypowered.institute. So, Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Leanne Pico, and Story Powered. I will see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level. We'll be right back.